Just, yeah, fuck this timeline. Yeah. Dumbest timeline. Worst Dumbest time- fucking timeline. Worst writing ever. Everything about this is ASB. We we all know this. If you pitched 2020 to a Hollywood producer, they would laugh you out of the room. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> or they would... Yeah. Like, oh, gods. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what is there to say? 35% GDP drop. So far. Yeah. That's... Yeah. The worst in American history. Like, the worst. This is t- faster by orders of magnitude than the Great Depression. And deeper. Yeah. My good God. Yeah. I mean, it's just... I don't know. I don't know if this is it, but... Things have been set in motion that cannot be taken back. Yep. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Chop Shop Economics. I'm your host, Miss Silver, and with me is Doc Spider. We read this shit so you don't have to. So you're okay, probably going to have it. to read this Bye. particular shit anyway. Um. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we will we will stare into the abyss, but we'll do it with you. So, um, you know, <sighs> yeah, that you know that 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 dizzy feeling that 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 dizzy feeling is your sand points getting blasted. Yeah, it's normal. Yeah, I mean, Jesus, fuck! It's just there's. It was all avoidable. Yeah, everything about this was fucking avoidable. Like we were, we were gonna take some lumps for this, but it didn't have to be this bad. Like we know, based on Germany. And France, and even Italy, which had a bad outbreak but has mostly weathered it, or even fucking Greece, which has been at like zero cases for a month, exactly what you need to do. It's you lock everything down, you pay everybody money to stay home, you don't ask any fucking questions about what happens with that money, you suspend rent and mortgages, and you wait until things are safe to go back to normal. Yeah. Yeah. This wasn't hard. But have you considered that that might impact the work ethic of our lazy proles? I can understand and ex- like have long accepted that the Republican Party is like some kind of fifth graders book report on Charles Dickens. Um, but the <laughs> fact that this w- that the thing that was obviously a good idea, even Boris fucking Johnson did most of this shit, like. Even the Tories were doing shit like 70% paycheck guarantee, and they're evil. Um, they're fucking, like... 
fucking punt puppies into blenders, evil bastards. And even they were like, let's, you know, pay the proles so they don't starve, because we need them to consume stuff. Like, I can... That... Yeah. Even the Democrats, for the most part, refused to consider UBI. Like, Ayanna Presley went for it, and the caucus, like, heartily laughed in her face. And that was the yeah. end of it. It was in the news for, like, a week. Rashida Tlaib, um, a few others, but, yeah, they just, they just simply did not give a fuck. Because, you know, Pelosi has, like, a $30,000 refrigerator, um, and that's more important to her. And even, like, the Bernie Bucks, which are now gone... Um, yeah. only happened, like, as sort of a, which you could say is sort of a diluted form, because at least it's tied, I mean, it's tied to employment, so that means a lot of people still are fucked, like students, um, or people who were already out of work, um, or in precarious work environments, meaning they don't have enough time to qualify for unemployment. But still, you know, the Bernie Bucks at least kind of was, like, at least halfway there, and that only happened because Bernie Sanders basically, like proceeded to school the entire u.s senate into having a conscience for five minutes yeah and of course given the sort of ghouls that mostly populate uh, populate the senate they immediately regretted it it's like you know this was this was a moment of weakness for us and you you should have died for number instead. Mm-hmm. It was... We gotta remember this all could have been avoided. And the stupid just isn't stopping as we get into this the absolute white horse shit on coming from Capitol Hill. So, the stimulus. Um... That was supposed to happen about, you know, a week or two ago. Um, you know, they were supposed to finish up talks, pass a bill, get in front of Trump, and be done with it. Instead, they've been fucking about. I mean, what what the fuck else are you going to call it? They, yeah. they just spit their... This- this is fucking around. This is, like, I mean, for the sake of accuracy, yes, the Democrats got the House version passed in May. Yeah. And then, yeah. instead of, you know, doing something that would actually use their leverage and turn the tables on the bad actor that's Mitch McConnell and do something like, say, and we will discuss no other business until the Senate stops fart-assing around and passes this bill immediately. Um, instead of doing something like that, she continues to do the rest of normal business and then doesn't even bat an eye at both chambers taking a two-week recess beginning on the 4th of July as the timer's ticking down on the stimulus money. <laughs> I mean, Biden went off on them for all the good that fucking did. Name was just one other legislature outside of the United States anywhere else on the planet that pulled shit even remotely comparable to that. I mean... Go ahead, shit lips. Just one. (laughs) 
like, look at fucking Australia. If if they don't pass, uh, you know, supply bills, the whole government falls. The entire fucking government falls. And those people are deeply, deeply cursed. We can't even get that right. No, everything has to be held up for, you know, Pelosi's ice cream collection, or whatever the fuck she was doing. $20 billion for the DHS a week after the Snatchers showed up in Portland. Yeah. Shit thee not. Justification was, we need to pay for the beds in the concentration camps. So, close the facilities. Turn everyone out. Or, you know, at least use that $20 billion as fucking leverage to get the fucking bill passed! Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, that's... this It's the U.S. Senate. That's where hope goes to die. This still feels like, on some level, I mean, it's obvious Mitch McConnell's being Mitch McConnell. Um, mm-hmm. that is to be expected. Um, so of course he's being a partisan shit ass, but I kind of suspect there was an element of that with Pelosi too, because this is like the way this whole, Hey, let's keep, get this shit passed went down really feels a lot like some like corporate dick baggery that I've seen and kind of indulged in a little bit when I was in tech where you do the thing that completely covers your ass and allows you to say, I totally got the job done because you got your end done. And then you just sort of drop it and wait for the other person to fuck up. (laughs) Indeed. So, yeah, they were like, well, we're, we're going to take all this up, um, in late July. Well, given that we're bitching about this right now, um, it's safe to say that that didn't fucking happen. Like, Lindsey Graham, literally, today, finally said, yes, I'm fine with, like, you know, 100% match. Not even just, like, accepting the House version unchanged or, you know, anything, like, fucking reasonable. It's like, he... You know, after after everything's said and done, he finally he finally decides to offer the most pathetic concession possible. That's pretty much it. Yeah, this is so, and this isn't just happening. In D.C., let's keep this in mind, that this kind mm-hmm. of stupid fart-assing around is not just happening in D.C. Um, like, the New York Assembly has been going back and forth with Cuomo over things like suspending rent, because Cuomo's like, um, no, fuck you. I do not believe that is necessary to cover for that he's, you know, protecting real estate developers and shit asses like that. Um, mm-hmm. Like... The fact that the California legislature is actually debating matching the 600 a week on its own is sort of exceptional, because a lot of other state and local governments are just fucking up. Like, the absolute worst was in Seattle, where Mayor Durkin vetoed an $84 billion 
uh, expropriation of rainy day funds because she said, well, we might need that later when things get worse. It is worse. God. If you don't spend the money now, you will have to spend ten times as much in a month. Forget a month. Jesus. It's gonna be it's gonna be even sooner than that. And now now it's too fucking late. Like and you know, I mean Thanks to Trippy for pointing this out. You know, here you are. Um, but it doesn't matter because the evictions and such are already in motion. Um, the, the rulemaking change that all the states had to adopt has expired and getting that restarted is gonna be hell on its own um especially if they decide to you know fuck with the formula like you Which know they will lindsey graham or that pathetic fucking 70 percent of lost wages thing or jared he was proposing like a hundred percent because you know it's not like we've got jared goddamn kushner involved oh yeah Oh yeah, that <laughs> just so yeah. Vanity Fair did some amazing bit of investigative journalism and dug up this like absolutely like we're gonna put it in the description on SoundCloud uh, piece on what the fuck was actually happening with Jared Kushner's little like COVID policy group thing, um, and found that things were completely <laughs> ready to roll out a national testing program in March. But they shit-canned it because they went, well, this is mostly hurting the blue states. So fuck yep. it. Let's just let them eat shit. Yeah, yeah, they'll be blamed and, you know, um, we, and we can hold it over their heads. Which they did. Which they did. Um, like, there was all sorts of... Good God. Just uh, just go back into our fucking back catalog. I, I know our episodes sound noisy as shit, uh, but... <laughs> yeah, we, we talked about this back then. Oh, yeah. um, I mean, the British government was and... talking about doing this back in like February oh. and we covered that way early on this is yeah you know it's I mean the detail and the just like calculatedly awful stupidness of it is atrocious but mm-hmm. it's not they're not the first ones to go hey let's just you know let this kill the fucking poor <laughs> And it seems like they won't be the last ones to do it either. Oh. And basically they were... Like, normally how this sort of stuff is supposed to proceed, you know, back when the government still vaguely pretended to function, um, was that 
these sorts of, uh, sorts of White House task forces were supposed to be looped in with all sorts of agencies like, you know, Health and Human Services, the CDC, all that. And apparently, um, they try to organize things completely on their own. <sighs> in the response that they did have. Um, as Longtime listeners will probably recall that that failed rather spectacularly, and we lambasted them for doing nothing because they did do nothing. And it was all because they were all running around like headless fucking chickens. There, there weren't even, uh, there, it wasn't just, you know, there's no adults in the room, it was, there was nobody in the room. Everybody had fucked off to do their own thing. There was no plan. There was nothing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It was... And now we have officially the worst outbreak in the world. In the United States. Uh Like, hands down. Like, a million by January is certainly possible. Certainly likely at this point. Yeah. Just from COVID. Yeah. I mean... The thing I've been... uh, The thing we've all been worried about here at the chop shop is... Well, you know, mass deaths. And... Unfortunately, because of... All this... You know, the completely inadequate response, the, frankly, the complete federal non-response. Counter-response, really. Not only did they do nothing, they, like, went the extra, like, they went the extra mile that not even Sweden was stupid enough to do and said, go drink anti-malarial drugs that can totally fuck you up if you are not infected with fucking malaria. You'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Because apparently... uh, I mean, that whole thing was a bust. Um, Like, you know, I did hold out some hope for it, but, you know, it didn't work. It doesn't fucking work. It was the other part of the formula that actually did the thing and you know antivirals are hard to get they are expensive fuck so the red horse it marches on They did find one thing that needed money that could be paid for. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So apparently, um, because of the loss of that ship, um, they are putting forward um, an $8 billion stimulus bill. um, Well, you know, defense appropriation. 
which is basically a blank check for all sorts of things. Some of them kind of sort of make sense. Um, uh, Marfa McSally in Arizona wants um, $650 million for uh, finishing the, um, the A-10 modernization. Um, there's a good chunk of the early run of A-10s uh, had fin skin wings um, that need to be replaced. Uh, this is to basically finish that effort. Um, others are a little more dubious, like the down payment on a new, um, I don't, I don't even fucking know what they're spending the shipbuilding money on. Maybe it's for the continuing run. Maybe it's for Bonham Richard. They gotta look like it's for replacing that. It's certainly not for, you know, (laughs) relieving stress on sailors that are pissing in bottles in the seventh fleet no oh no no of course not we can't do that (laughs) and um how much they wanted um (laughs) 1.1 billion to build a sidon um surveillance jets 23 million more for um maintaining and repairing and possibly building more Apache helicopters. $49 million for Navy Sun Boys. Um, Did they get and... the graft plane in there? <laughs> oh, yes. The graft plane. They want $1.4 million... Uh, they want $1.4 billion for F-35 fighters and... <laughs> C-130 transport planes. Um, Lockheed makes both of those. Um, I mean, throwing any money at the... <laughs> at the fucking F-35. <laughs> it's a fucking fool's errand. And and this shit is in that response package that... Oh, by the way, they still haven't fucking passed it. I mean, they'd be better off giving that money to Elon Musk. I mean, he'd do something fucking stupid with it, but at least it'll be entertaining. Yes. Yes. I mean, may he, may he launch our, like, Tesla Roadster into space. I don't, I don't fucking know. Um, it, you know, send one to Mars. It'll, at least it'll be able to take off in the rain. <laughs> Of course. Speaking of which, they are... um, The U.S. is officially pulling 12,000 soldiers out of Germany. Um, Which, like, you know... Mostly because... Yeah. Like... Yeah. I mean... It's like... It's It's not like we shouldn't. It's too dumb to say. (laughs) But... Yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, Reforger exists for a reason. Um, Blurf, uh, for the non-Cold War heads out there, uh, return of U.S. forces to Germany. Um, it it was an old Cold, Cold War era mission. That's what they used back when they thought the Soviets would come rushing over the folded gap any day now. Um, of course, now it's the Russians. Um, and, you know, that sort of attack is highly unlikely. But they're having trouble with the Donbass. I don't think they're going to be, like, getting past Poland anytime soon. 
No. <laughs> but, I mean, it's not about, you know, any sort of sensible drawdown of troops from a place where they're frankly not really needed at the moment. This is this is entirely because Merkel pisses him off. Well, like, it's worth for... pointing out really quick. It's not that they're not needed, because American bases in Germany are absolutely essential to the American uh, strategy for, like, basically supporting anything for the United States throughout the Middle East, North Africa region. Um, all that logistics runs through, like, Rammstein Air Force Base at some point or another, so... Yeah, you know, I mean, what I'm saying is, like... It's necessary for bro- blowing up brown people, but... It's not strictly necessary, no. <laughs> but it's not even because of any sensible anti-imperialist reasoning. It's just... Him and Merkel are having a spat because Germany won't increase their... Um, their GDP payment, as far as defense spending goes, uh, they went 2%. Germany is around 1.2, Um And frankly, frankly, spending more money on them may not be the best idea right now. Like, um, they kind of got bigger fish to fry, like keeping the European Union from flying apart. <laughs> Yes. And and we're fairly, like, (laughs) at this point, like, it'd be safe to say we're cautiously optimistic that Russia is very quietly eating shit and is in no condition to be fucking with anybody for a while. Um, Yeah. They definitely hurt. They, there's no clear numbers yet because you know, figures coming out of the Russian government are really suspect because they reflect what the oligarchs want people to see and they're way more openly crooked than what you see in the United States. Um, So it's kind of unclear how much Russia was hurt by the oil war, but it's safe to say that the oil price war with Saudi Arabia definitely left them in a place that if you didn't have COVID, they'd be needing to sit down and make a fucking sandwich like russian oil is at the end of the day still more expensive to pump and refine than saudi oil so you know yeah like we're cautiously optimistic that putin might be eating (laughs) shit in the near future yeah and also i mean i'm I'll be honest, um, after this next bit, I'm not really sure that spending more money on Germany's military is the answer, not when they're doing shit like this. Um, care to discuss it? Oh, yeah. So we've heard about the, you know, the fucking uh, KKK ghoul squad and all this other shit in the U.S. of, like, openly Nazi pigs running around. Um, mm-hmm doing Nazi shit and recruiting other pigs to be straight up Nazi pigs, which, you know, is worse. Um, Because they're pigs and now they're also Nazis. Um, It's self-explanatory, really. Um, But 
they mostly are kind of, as far as we can tell, like, not acting in a super coordinated fashion. Whereas in Germany, there's just been, like, the, this huge thing and like that came out in the New York Times where they did a big investigation into, um, like, the spread of a extremely well-organized far-right network throughout the military, the police, German special forces, um... <laughs> Like yeah, <laughs> but with things like target lists and unidentified safe houses that were in old Soviet bunkers and shit that was like, like this is the kind of shit. This is legitimately frightening because as dangerous as like the American far right is, and you know we can't emphasize this enough. Do not underestimate those fucks. They are legitimately dangerous. They're not very well organized. And they spend a lot of time fart-assing around. Like, yeah. to my knowledge so far, there hasn't been anything like this that's come up inside American policing. And American policing is way worse than German police by, like, oh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Can't there was quantify. the Vallejo people. Um, but, I mean, that is one department. We don't yet have, like, we don't have systematic proof, in part because um, of long-standing issues, like the FBI being unable to um, investigate these sorts of issues, because, well, who do you trust in the local department? Who can you trust? And if the answer is no one, then... Like, I'm sorry, but you're not going to... You're not going to have good luck with that. But even, it's just... Even with that, there isn't anything like, oh yes, there's a nationwide network of police officers and soldiers, including the most elite troops in the nation, that have a coordinated plan for a predetermined date to round up local and regional politicians, execute them, and seize control. Like... Yeah, that that is fortunately way beyond our chuds. It's not beyond the German ones, though. Good God! Yeah, like look, I mean, just it, it just read the fucking article. It's it's fucking crazy. I mean, <laughs> it could happen in American chuds, but. Yeah, I think I mean, it, it's uh, what's more likely is given circumstances is that it's going to continue to be this pattern of police with the chuds as a disorganized auxiliary. Indeed. So basically, yeah, the there's been multiple far right networks. Um, this article only discusses one of them. But, well, I should say, it, it discusses a splinter of, like, their main comms group, um, which, you know, had representatives at all levels of government and among the civilian population, which is kind of important if you want to legitimize this kind of thing. And it's worth pointing out that this isn't, like when we're talking about these kind of German chuds, we're, 
that like a thing that's a significant difference between their relationship with like actual politics like electoral parties and shit versus the u.s is trump still does this kind of like stupid fan dance that we, everyone knows is bullshit around the republican party and the far right and there's been some local instances of coordination with like proud boys in portland and shit like that on specific things mm-hmm. um there isn't anything like say alternative for deutschland a party that's basically a bunch of sanitized nazis and is the third largest party in the bundestag mm-hmm. yeah those <laughs> like this is we're talking about what's basically the <laughs> the party's armed wing unofficial armed wing i should say well placed but... coordinated armed wing <laughs> yes and it's like this is this is genuinely fucking scary and i don't i don't really know how to get into it because it's well, the worst problem with it is historically German authorities, in a pattern that's really disturbingly similar to American authorities, have been hesitant to use some really actually powerful shit in German jurisprudence around the whole concept of fortified democracy that would allow them to go after these groups as an organized criminal conspiracy and basically smash everything that touches them. Instead, they go after individuals on specific charges that they're fairly certain they can nail them for and they either don't stick because the prosecution's not convincing or their sympathy or they don't basically don't convincingly demonstrate that we need to lock this person up or show the bigger pattern of far-right influence which is kind of the same thing the feds had been doing from the oklahoma city bombing until donald trump and then once it was yeah. Donald Trump, they switched over to, yeah, we just don't care. Um, but this is kind of worrying that Germany has politically in a potentially worse place as far as the strength of their far right. And the militant groups are in a disturbingly similar position, both in terms of in terms of how they're being treated to the American militia movement when the the American militia movement failed to effectively organize at any level comparable to this. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's like, yeah, their coordination is surprisingly good in the United States, but they got nothing on these fucking people. Oh, no. The Day X people are terrifying. (laughs) Terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. Like, and like remember the whole shit with the not fucking around coalition in louisville and how like the three percenters mm-hmm. were basically outnumbered something like five to one by angry armed black nationalists yeah like that shit's never happened nothing like that's ever happened in germany yeah like a lot of frankly a lot of like the 
I don't I don't mean to like, you know, diss our comrades overseas, but like step it up, y'all. And please. And, and sort of as a For all of our sakes. Yeah. And sort of also like as a sort of side glance to the like, you know, not shitty libs and left libs out there. Please be a bit more critical about where you're getting your ideas from. Like Yes. We know that right now Germany looks nice and shiny because they handled COVID in a competent fashion. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that it's a model that you can just wholesale export. Because yeah. they got their own shit that really hasn't been sorted. <sighs> Indeed. And then we get some really black horse stuff coming down the pike. Uh-huh. It's happening. It's fucking happening. 30 million Americans report going hungry. Um, um, almost 3 million in the U.S. didn't have enough to eat last week. As Gee, I wonder whose fault that is. And there's been, like, you know, reports of things like people seeing cars lining up for miles outside of food banks and like you can see in san francisco the homeless population is visibly increasing yeah and like things were already bad as far uh, far back as like may it's we're getting ticks up uh week over week that are just uh so it's something like 24 24 million sometimes had not enough to eat 5.4 million often had not enough to eat um it's like that's close to like one in ten yes combined that is one in ten like people in america there you go. That's And the only thing that's been holding it together is the tatters of our safety net. Which is gone, by the way. <laughs> Which is gone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And but in case you thought that, you know, the United States could politely collapse on its own as was posted at seedworld.com within the past week is all of these economic and supply chain disruptions are caused in conjunction with other problems like significant locust outbreaks in parts of africa and latin america because it wasn't biblical enough um truly (laughs) jesus so we're looking at global disruptions of food supply and particularly by the way if we're when we're talking back to the united states the mississippi delta and river watershed is a significant source of corn and grain for global markets 
Yeah. And and now, like some of this, um, some of this was caused due to um, overly aggressive scoping of um, export uh, of food exports during the peak of the crisis in the rest of the world. Um, but oh gods it's still it's still pretty bad yeah um, like a lot of agricultural activity um in the in the northern hemisphere was severely disrupted um due to covid um like i'm sorry but if like given the situation um, agriculture work there there is no way that any country did as well as they used to no way and that's before you throw in shit that's been going on for months like reports of livestock being culled in record setting numbers or crops just straight up being burned or trashed instead of being sold because there's no money to buy them like this is a even with the disruptions of covid or you know aggressively exporting some of that to china um in a total yes. repeat of the potato famine um motherfuckers um is you know this is a this is like fitting the pattern that we've seen of every single capitalist famine has always been a crisis of distribution. It's never been a crisis of supply. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is we can't get it to market, um, you know, because of supply chain disruptions. Because. Uh, they're not paying us enough because, 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 because the meat and all the wild people had to be shut down yeah. because it was a plague pit. <laughs> yes, definitely. Or even just uh, we had to export all that um, because some shareholder was complaining that they weren't getting enough dividends this time. Because, as you'll remember, the economy only collapsed um, several months ago. You know, it only managed to take one look at the Great Depression's speed and record of unemployment and go, hold on, I'm going to do some lines and beat that. (laughs) Oh... And hot on the heels of the pale uh, of the black horse comes the pale horse. You wanna lead us off on this? So yeah, <laughs> all so all of that about the stimulus bill not passing in time, regardless of what passes next. And what that, and like the thing that uh, Trippy pointed out on evictions is, yeah, this is it. 
that eviction crisis that you've that's been lurking in the business press and like sort of bouncing around sort of not exactly on the fringes of economic discussion but sort of like you know hanging for weeks like hanging around like rattling chains all jacob marley kind of shit um yeah I mean, if you've been paying the least bit attention to our show, you know we've brought this up just about every fucking show um, for at least three months. Three to four months. Easily. This has been... Yeah, easily. This has been one of our big ongoing concerns. And... That's... This is it. It is... is here and I just ah, I don't have any I don't have any witty way to say this this sucks yeah this is this is it this is this this is the bottom falling out yeah this is the other shoe that we've been waiting for and dreading since like yeah. February. Cause already something like 40% of ranters are in danger of being evicted. There are some states and municipalities that have eviction bans, but even in like say California, which has a fairly strong eviction ban in place, there have been illegal evictions happening anyway. Yeah. Systematically. It's it's completely out of fucking control. Like I said earlier, things have been set in motion that can't be taken back. Well, this is the thing that can't be taken back. This is... It's impossible. It is nearly impossible to undo an eviction. Yeah. Practically speaking. Once it has happened, once your shit has been thrown out into the street... That's it. <laughs> That's it. And doesn't matter if you have the money 3 weeks later. Yeah. They wanted payment, you know, several months ago. And now they um, need payment in a lot of cases. This is because of how leveraged everything in the economy is. We're now at the place of it's no longer want payment it's well we didn't do the ubi thing so people would have money so now it's no they need that rent or they're going to be having to explain to the bank why they get to stay in their house yeah yeah i mean that's that's what we're down to um like it's one thing if you own uh the buildings you rent outright but that's fairly rare. You tend to see that with like um, certain more sustainable rural landlords and such. Most landlords, especially the kind who are in it to flip it, they are leveraged up to their eyeballs, past their eyeballs. They need this money, and it is not fucking coming. And they're evicting them, yeah, but it's not going to do any good. It's like, who's 
going to rent. Who is there that's looking for units when there is a grand total of no fucking jobs? Yeah. And yeah. plague. Like, this is... I mean, this is what you wanted, Republicans. This is what you wanted. And, and you too, Shane. Now you have it. Yeah. Yeah. All you fuckers who are all settled for Biden. And we gotta have, you know, someone who is, you know, a complete dead-eyed centrist. Who will like, veto... This is on you. Who will veto Medicare for all in a pandemic. Yes. Yeah. The... These people do not even pretend to care about you. They want you to settle for some ancient fucking segregationist. Your obedience is more important than this system functioning, by the way, because it is important to emphasize all of this shit with evictions and what this means for the chain of payments crisis is a colossal economic disaster in the making. Yeah. This is... We're no longer talking about just a political singularity here. We're talking about an economic one. Like, the only example... How many examples of this happening in history are there, really? Um, Something like this. I mean... Maybe the Great Depression, but even the Great Depression wasn't this quick. Maybe, like, again, like, the thing that really sort of defies historical comparison is this, like, we've gotten to a, from, we have come from the United States is, was still economically dominant and globally dominant, although Trump had done some things to undermine both those things, to op-ed writers are openly comparing America to the fall of the Soviet Union in six months like it's kind of hard to find a comparison yeah like this would be like you're watching honestly, the fall of the Roman Empire on speed run honestly the fall of the Soviet Union is not a bad comparison like it even we even have like you know like shit <laughs> Larry fucking Summers has an economic position with the Biden campaign last I checked. Like that that should that should fucking tell you something. He killed like, millions same... of Russians with austerity in the nineties without a pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. You wanna know why <sighs> I mean, you wanna know why Russia is like so fucking bleak? It's because of these people. It's because of these fucking people. It's their fault. The 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 whole shit where they freak out over Putin? Yeah, that that's their fault. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. They he liked like, Putin you know, when he came to power. They liked him. Yeah, because two Russians who promised, hey, I'll fix all this shit. I'll punish the oligarchs. And he did punish some of them. Um, and as far as the Americans were concerned, you know, Putin 
promise to open things up back for business. And, of course, you know, um, diplomatic uh, shit happened. That didn't quite pan out. But they were all really excited about Putin coming in to save Russia from itself. And, yeah. you know, look what happened. The, and This is their track record. So, you know, it's... Now they're getting the most colossal shitstorm in American history, assuming, you know, the election goes according to plan and not according to, like, you know, any one of our doomsday scenarios. Um, yeah. I mean, it's like everything has come to pass. I mean, hell, um, as a quick digression... Um, the iPhone 12 is not launching this year. It's not happening. Um, they have confirmed recently that they're, they're going to delay it until next year. Um, they kind of had to. Um, there was, you know, no way around it. There just wasn't. And that's just, you know, it, by this point, it's just such a tiny little detail. It hardly even fucking matters. It, it's just more <laughs> showing how like, yeah. this all is, because this chain of payments shit, like, this is not just people yeah. getting evicted and thrown out in the street because they can't make rent on their homes or their flats it, or their, like, bed in a tiny closet. Um, this is... Yeah. Also, like, commercial real estate going bust. This is the mortgages of the landlords going bust. This is all of these sources of debt that are necessary for this thing called finance as we know it to function going kaboom. Yeah, and at this point, there's no... I mean, hardly anybody is in the market for a fucking cell phone. Even the latest and greatest one. Like, I'm sorry, but how the fuck are you going to pay for it? What, with the stimulus check? The one that isn't fucking coming? Or is coming to your old address? (laughs) That too. That too. (laughs) God, it's like, it's such a fucking disaster at this point. It's ridiculous. (laughs) And and speaking of death, I mean, we've been talking about it for a while, but it's pretty, uh, like, set that fracking's dead. Like, dead, dead. Not coming back. Stop poking the corpse, Biden. We know you have Frankenstein fantasies, but, you know, stop. It's not going to move. Because as of the end of July... The Permian Field, which was supposed to be the thing making American fracking possible, has capped a total of 251 wells since the crisis began. Yeah. As of last Friday, according to the same article we de- um, that we found, uh, thanks to Lucy in the Discord, um, just a hundred and three active drilling rigs are in Texas right now. Um, the decade peak was nine thirty. Um, as of the the first of January in 
2020, there was 403. There are 251 active oil and gas rigs across the entire United States, uh, which is a number that's astonishing. It's incomprehensible to me. It, that's, that's, and it can't. It's not possible. And it can't be said enough that when you cap an oil well, that's it. It's yeah. not coming back. The cost and potential risks of uncapping an oil well are so significant that the oil industry just doesn't do it. Yeah. They just don't. There is no safe, reliable way to do it. Like, we're talking the Captain Planet parody oil industry thinks uncapping a well is too dangerous. Yeah. Like, this is... So they're writing this off. Yeah. And Biden's sitting here saying, don't worry, we'll say fracking. (laughs) And... (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) You can just hear our brains crack pinging. These people are fucked. (laughs) (laughs) What sooner or later, there's going to be an interview where, I mean, St. Helen already like called it with Larry, like going nuts with whippets on stage. And we've put forward that Trump's probably going to go out in some kind of like, tweet cocaine overdose um (laughs) so to put it down now on the marker biden's is gonna be in the middle of an interview he's gonna start going i'm joe biden and i i i i i i i and then just you know steam starts coming out of his ears and that's it (laughs) yeah yeah his eyes just like flash blue and then black and he just tips over (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> go to your like weird computer rebooting sounds <laughs> go to I mean, a relevant guess... policy folder file not found <laughs> inaccessible policy device <laughs> <laughs> I mean it's the American century it's it's over <sighs> It's over. The, the American Empire was the biggest, the wealthiest, the most powerful, and ate shit the fastest. <laughs> Marka! Yeah. Yeah. Which sucks if you have to live here, by the way. <laughs> it's not fun to live in the ruins of a decaying empire. <sighs> Oh, speaking of decay, there's also, you know, the natural disasters that we've been, you know, kind of worried uh-huh. about are here. Mm-hmm. We have a big there wildfire was. in Riverside County, California, as you do in August, and will until October. 
That's all I got. Fuck. Isn't there a hurricane? There's been two of them. Oh, fuck. (laughs) Uh, I don't know how Isaiah is doing, but uh, it's actually expected to make um, landfall tonight. Oh, fun. Um, August 3rd. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's, um... Currently, it is scheduled to... Hmm. Like, basically, right now, it's uh, making landfall near uh, the South Carolina and North Carolina border. Which is fucking brutal. That place is up. If they didn't, uh, if the hurricane doesn't hit us in Florida, back when I lived there, it always hit, you know, in like the fucking Carolinas. Um, and this seems to bear that out. Um, which is another place that's not very easy to evacuate. And especially in the middle of the fucking pandemic where. You know, all of our hurricane response strategies are contingent on being able to pack thousands of people into relatively small buildings. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that doesn't... The ear doesn't happen anymore because, you know, no plague pit. Or it happens and, you know, mass COVID deaths. Yeah. Totally not a normal fucking country. Totally. Dude, yeah. And it's the same thing with wildfire evacuations. I mean, they don't put people yeah. in centralized locations usually because, like, the wildfire tends to, like, you know, go for a hot minute and is constantly shifting and moving, so you do have to keep things sort of fluid, but... Yeah. It still is, like, people have to, like, go to, like, friends or family or, like, I mean, Kaiser Newsom's not fucking stupid, so maybe, like, some of those appropriated hotels might come in handy, but that's also not an optimal solution. Yeah, and it's like, you know, between DeSantis and Scott... They never really had the best response to this, and uh, like now, honestly, like even with a competent administration, this would still be a huge challenge. It's just you know, incompetence is the order of the day now, so I guess everyone has to eat shit. Sorry, the stupidest timeline. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. But, you know, at least capitalist capitalist hell is opening up. So public support for Black Lives Matter remains unwavering, which is pretty interesting. Um, 
let's see here. Like what's especially fun is when you drill down into um, <clears throat> the details where it's not just that you've got 65% of American adults supporting the protests. You've got within that 53% said the protests will help public support for equality and racial justice versus 34% who think they will hurt and 13% who think they don't matter. Hmm. And let's see, 54% of those surveyed said the protests have changed their views on racial justice and equality in some way, while 47% stated the contrary. Um, in terms of support for the protests, um, 92% of Black Americans said they support the protests, 89% of Asian Americans, 70% of Hispanics, and 59% of white respondents said they do. It is... Yeah. This, this is very, like... For context... Martin Luther King's best approval rating in the polls was like 35% while he was alive. Yeah. Yeah, this was long before the era of Republican MLK. Yeah. Like, when he actually was alive and doing pesky things like denouncing the war in Vietnam, he had at Mm -hmm. best a third of the public on his side and was regularly portrayed as like a violent rabble rouser in the press. Like he was not contrary to whatever it is you were told in school or anywhere else, a widely accepted, like healing figure. Like a lot of people hated him. Herbert, like J. Edgar Hoover, the head of the FBI tried to get him to commit suicide. Like, Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> it is yeah. So that's um it especially that you've got a majority who think the protests are working. Like that's Yeah. You've got 50 you've got 53% of Americans which you know for context is one point lower than the percentage that supported burning a police precinct. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be fair to at least some of that 13% who said it won't budge the needle I I think there's something to be said for the notion that like in this current system they're not they're not even trying to um, respond to it so some of the cynicism may be coming out of that but I think there's but a- at least they don't think it hurts the cause Yeah, and it's what's significant is we're going into this absolute fucking shitstorm of unprecedented proportions happening in the economy, unfolding now. And a majority of Americans think that protests, which, thanks to breathless media coverage, have included things like clashes with the police and destruction of property and arson and lots of other things that normally are not okay in American discourse. And a majority of Americans think that that works. Nice. You know. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You love to see it, folks. You love to see it. Yeah. This is, you know... Shit is bad, but 
people are recognizing shit is bad and they're also starting to recognize oh wait we can just do it yeah yeah be the per- um, burned police precinct you want to see in your community <laughs> you know they are known for depressing property values and a significant spike in crime in the neighborhood so really it is in your best interests from a property value perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's not good to keep pigs around in such unsanitary conditions. Seriously. I mean, do you want PETA on your ass? Mm-hmm. Also, the AFT has given nation- uh, nationwide authorization... For school strikes. Yep. So, yeah, the the American Federation of Teachers is one of the like two teachers unions in the U.S. The other is the National Education Association. Because American union mm-hmm. politics are fucked. You know, just gonna preface this right now. That's why there's two teachers unions. Um, but the AFT, even though they've been involved in some strike actions and there were like some involvement with the stuff in Arizona and West Virginia, they're not exactly, you know, the longshoremen or the teamsters. Yeah. So what they've done is the union as a national union has officially authorized all locals and subordinate bodies to strike if they feel the working conditions of their schools do not comply with CDC guidelines and are unsafe for students or faculty. And since, to a first approximation, they pretty much all are, um, this is uh, a, that's a very good sign. There's a blank check to a nationwide teacher strike. Hell yeah. I mean, there are something like 3.7 million teachers in this country. We're talking like 1% of the population. Total. They can't replace them. Yeah. (laughs) If only a tenth of that were to go on strike, that would still be like incredibly difficult to compensate for. Especially because substitute teachers and all that already are stretched pretty thin, and it's kind of hard to rush people through the various requirements that exist to be a public school teacher. Mm-hmm. Like, you and... can't just grab people off the street corner, like if you're breaking a building strike or something. Yeah. And it's like, not only that, but it's like, if you had a strike where you had to put in, you know, 10,000 teachers nationwide, you could do that by drawing down much of, like, the Teach for America pool. Um, 200,000 is an impossibility. A couple of million... That... Complete joke. A complete joke. It cannot happen. It literally, physically cannot happen. You'd practically have to drag, like, you know, retirees out of their beds to, um... And this is in a context where, like, came up in the interview with um, Olivia and 
Derek in Utah that like in a lot of places teachers are writing up or updating their wills in preparation for the school year like yeah this is people the way teachers have been approaching this is if they are forced to go back in person they will probably die or someone they know will probably die like it's a similar kind of like almost like fatalistic acceptance that's happening with healthcare workers except healthcare workers aren't going to down tools in the middle of a pandemic because they can't yeah and it's like i don't somehow i don't see teachers doing the whole jim hadar we who die uh, we who are about to die salute you sort of um suicidal bullshit like i just don't see that happening yeah not for not for trump and devos's ego Uh, especially not for betsy devos (laughs) yeah there's like maybe five teachers that have a positive opinion of her yeah (laughs) maybe (laughs) so yeah this is yeah and it's worth pointing out like you know there's a lot of theories that are still running around about why minneapolis was the tipping point for black lives matter why specifically george floyd and like the best explanation that fits the facts that i've heard and you know personally makes sense on that sort of you know intrinsic gut level is a lot of black people in Minneapolis were working in essential jobs and being told to go out and risk COVID to keep everybody else okay. And on top of that, the police are rampantly fucking murdering them. So when they're being given the choice of being killed by the cops or killed by the pandemic, yeah, they said, fuck it. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it was like lockdowns were sort of lifting you know nobody's had anything to do really a lot of people have been twiddling their thumbs um a lot uh, a lot have also been dealing with you know small business tyrants trying to get them to go back to work um you know just in just like horrific plague pit conditions and it's like of course it boiled over like so now you're going to do this to teachers. Yeah. Yeah. At a time when... When, shit, a whole bunch of students aren't even going to have a place to stay. Like... Because it's not like anyone's actually allocating the funds that are necessary for schools no. to prepare. Yeah, it's all just, you know... Um, here is a complimentary pack of dollar store wipes. Um, good luck. And we scored like this that's... plexiglass with the makers down the street. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's just... It's very disturbing that things have gone this far, but... <sighs> It is right for them to strike. Absolutely. And they are almost certainly going to strike because they don't have any choice. I mean, yeah, some of them can do it online, of course. Um, but a lot of these places are like, 
no, you had to reopen in person because, you know, DeVos and Trump and Bill fucking all Gates, that are... by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you, Bill <laughs> Gates. They're all screaming, we need you to open in person. Um, child care. Um, we know like, this one badly. This is why we yeah. closed the schools during the first lockdowns, by the way. Yeah. When things yeah. were much less bad. Like So yeah. part of me already didn't want to go back in the fall. Um like there's a reason I didn't do spring term. Like I wasn't gonna do there's no point in doing online in in my program and it was just like, you know if I can't attend in person and is hilariously not safe to attend in person, then why even bother? Yeah. And also speaking of various forms of capitalist hell, the Financial Times, as of July 31st, 2020, has caught up with us on the dollar. They have Mm -hmm. kissed the ring of the bear popes in an article written by Colby Smith, Ava Soleil, and Katie Martin, titled Dollar Blues, Why the Pandemic is Testing Confidence in the U.S. Currency After the Gl- Greenback Suffers Its Worst Month in a Decade on Economic Concerns, Debate About Its Global Role is Stirring. Ah. <sighs> Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and they put in all the usual caveats and hedges of, well, but the dollar is indispensable. That no one's going to ditch it because it's too important for global markets. It's like, excuse me, they will when it uh, becomes worth less than toilet paper. <laughs> they will when and... they're tired of taking fucking IOUs from the Treasury Department. Yeah. I mean, it's just what they want. They want this this fantasy world where, you know, nothing nothing is going to happen. Nothing bad is going to happen. And it's just, it's, it's not. It's, yeah, <sighs> this is, and this is, and what they lay out is basically what we predicted about a month ago, that it's going to be because central bank fund managers are shifting away from treasury bills, which they are. Smaller traders um, and debt buyers are going to shift away from the dollar because of its like terrible returns. And losing this purchasing of debt is going to make the remaining dollars worth less and make them more superfluous. Which is, you know, why the dollar had its worst month in, you know, a decade. <sighs> yeah. God damn. Link is in the description. 
Anyway, um, I think that's it. Yeah. I mean, shit's bad in the capitalist world, but it's falling apart in ways that can be really good for everyone else. <laughs> Eventually. <clears throat> Eventually. Anyway, this is Chop Shop Economics. We read this shit so you don't have to. Good luck out there. Bye, everyone. <laughs>